Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today uh, to worship you and to connect with you, and we also want to uh, hear a message from your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in our hearts and in our minds as we, uh, as we think about this topic today and as we look at your word, and I pray that uh, your Spirit would guide us in exactly what we need to do to apply these things to our own lives. I pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So there are two basic ways that our emotions can be unhealthy. Uh, the one way that most of us think about is that our emotions, we can be too emotional, and our emotions can be out of control, and, uh, and we react with too much emotion to situations in our lives, and that causes us to make irrational and unwise choices due to these intense feelings that we have. But there's also another way to have uh, an unhealthy emotional life, and that is uh, by treating your emotions as if they are something bad and trying to suppress your emotions and, uh, and live your life by pure reason. But both of these extremes are unhealthy, and they're, they're not good ways of dealing with our emotions. A healthy emotional life will be one in which our emotions are under control, while at the same time helping us to enjoy life and make wise decisions. So there's two main ideas that the Bible teaches about our emotions that we're going to cover today. The first one is that our emotions are a good part of how God has created us in His own image. And second big idea is that God can help us to manage our emotions and prevent them from having an unhealthy influence in our lives. So our emotions are a good part of how God created us in His own image. So here at Clearwater Church, we have a kind of a theme verse for our, for our church that we say most weeks at the end of the service... We, uh, we, the person, somebody will come up front here and we'll say a verse and sometimes we'll all say it together. What's the verse? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. So, yeah, it's our vision statement for the church. Exactly. And it's, yeah, it's printed on your bulletin. Um, so, Jesus actually said about that statement that it was the most important commandment. And if you look at it, it is full of emotion. Um, love is, yes, it's more than just an emotion, but look at the four different ways, uh, the four different parts of yourself that you're commanded to love God with. You're commanded to love Him with your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. Now, all four of those are in some ways connected to our emotions, but especially the heart and the soul are primarily about worshiping God with our emotions, loving Him with our emotions. So the most important command in the Bible, the one that we say at the, almost every week here at Clearwater, is one that this guy right here cannot obey. Right? And if you know your Star Trek, you know that Spock actually does have emotions. He just suppresses them. But still, Spock represents uh, what some people think of as the ideal, right? Pure logic and reason and no emotion. Every decision is made according to the dictates of the logical process 
unencumbered by emotional influence. Emotions are unreliable, they lead us astray, therefore we must suppress them. But if we suppress our emotions, we will be unable to obey what Jesus calls the greatest commandment that God has ever given us, the most important thing that God wants from us. We must love the Lord and and love our neighbor not only with our minds and our bodies, but also with our hearts and our souls. Emotions are necessary for godly living. Intellectual faith is not enough. Knowing true theology and understanding the facts about God and the gospel are not all that God wants from us. So the person who scores the highest on the Bible Facts SAT is not necessarily the best Christian, right? God wants your heart, not just your mind. And God wants us to love Him with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind and with all our strength. So healthy emotions are a part of what God wants from us. And we said that our emotions are a good part of how God created us in His own image, right? So emotions are part of the image of God. That means God has emotions that are in in many ways similar to the emotions that we experience. So here's a few passages uh, from the Bible that talk about God experiencing emotions. So this first one from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, in this passage, Moses is talking to the people of God, and he's retelling for them the story of, um, of their uh, departure from Egypt and, uh, and how they made their way uh, through the desert from Egypt to the Promised Land. And he says, You also made the Lord angry at Taborah and at Massa and at Kibroth Hatava, or wherever you say that place. So when the people rebelled against God during that time and when they grumbled against God, God experienced the emotion of anger. In Psalm 78, it's again talking about that time when the people were traveling through the wilderness. And it says, how often they rebelled against Him in the wilderness and grieved Him in the wasteland. Again and again, they put God to the test and they vexed the Holy One of Israel. See, this passage tells us that God experienced the emotions of grief and vexation. You see, God does not simply see us sin and respond with dispassionate logic, right? He's not looking down and saying, you know, they sinned again, therefore I must punish them. No, God doesn't just experience these things with no real emotion. He, He feels grief at their sin. He is vexed by their rebellion. The sins of God's people stir up His passions. But of course, God doesn't only experience grief and anger. Jeremiah tells us about God's joy in His people. Here, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking for God, and he says, I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good, and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. See, God loves to do good for us. 
He does good things for us with all his heart and soul. And of course, Jesus, when he came and lived among us um, as, a, as a man, he was the ultimate revelation of what God is like, and he showed many strong emotions. One of the most famous times uh, was when his friend Lazarus had died, and he met Lazarus' sisters who were mourning for their dead brother. And the Bible says in uh, John chapter 11, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Now, aside from this being everyone's favorite scripture memory verse, right? Jesus wept, the two-word memory verse. But besides that, Jesus wept is a powerful statement. Um, you know, when, when it, weeping is not just like, you know, a little tear escaped from the corner of his eye and, and went down his cheek. No, he is like full-on loud crying over this, what people these days call ugly crying, Right? And Jesus wept over the death of his friend and the effect that it had on Mary and Martha and the rest of the, the people there. Another example of Jesus showing uh, emotion is found in the Gospel of Mark, where it says, uh, when Jesus landed, uh, he saw a large crowd. And we're talking about landed in a boat here. He's not flying. They didn't have plans or anything back then, but he lands uh, on the shore of the lake. He saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began teaching them many things. So God is feeling compassion for his people. And this is not a simple intellectual recognition of their need. Jesus has compassion for the crowds, and his compassion motivates him to meet their need. And of course, we know that Jesus also felt frustration and anger at the people who refused to believe in him, and who were leading other people astray. And of course, most famously, uh, there was the episode where Jesus goes to the temple in Jerusalem and he sees that people are conducting some kind of shady business deals, kind of exploitative business, right in the temple where people were supposed to be worshiping God. And he uh, gets angry and throws them out, he even chases them out of the temple with a whip. And God has made us in his image. He is an emotional God, and He has made us to relate to Him in emotional ways, and He wants us to, 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 to have those healthy emotions toward Him. And so there's two errors, uh, very similar to what we already talked about, but two ways that we need to avoid in our relationship with God. So one is to downplay our emotions and overemphasize our intellectual faith. So we study the Scriptures, we take careful notes in the bulletin, we make sure we fill in all the blanks and things. We, uh, you know, we, we read non-fiction Christian books, and we, uh, you know, we, uh, we might even join BSF, and our favorite verse is, study to show yourself approved to God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed. But it is wrong to think that God only wants your mind and does not want your emotions. He does not want a bunch of emotionless robots 
to worship Him, He wants our hearts and not just our minds. But the other extreme is also off track. Some people are so focused on the emotional side of our relationship with God that they just, they just love the music and the worship and how they feel when they're in a worship service. And the, the main thing is just to have that feeling of, of uh, connection to God and, and, uh, and the emotions of, uh, of their relationship. And the only thing that matters to them is how you feel when you pray or when you sing or even when you read the Bible, you want to feel this, this thing. But both of those extremes are wrong. We need to worship God with all our heart and with all our mind, our emotions and our intellect. And the fact that God has a wide range of emotions, from anger to joy to hatred to love, it tells us that none of these emotions are, uh, are bad in and of themselves, right? Um, there is an appropriate time and place for all kinds of emotions, the fact that God has this range of emotions and He, uh, you know, is perfect, that shows that it is not sinful to experience any of these emotions. So the Bible teaches us this principle about uh, appropriate times and places for things in the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, this is a place that uh, is probably familiar to you because uh, it was made into a great classic rock song. But uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, There is a time for everything. And a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So this passage tells us about more than just emotions, of course, here. Um, but it applies very much to our emotions. There is a proper time and a proper place for all kinds of emotions. But, of course, the corollary to that is that there is also an improper time and an incorrect place for all kinds of things, including our emotions. There is a time and place where those same emotions are out of place. And the fact that God, you know, sometimes experiences anger shows that it is not always wrong for us to be angry, but that doesn't mean that our anger is always right, or even often is our anger justified. In fact, the Bible warns us specifically about that emotion. In the book of James, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And we could say the same thing about many of our emotions, not just anger. Uh, while there are situations in which these emotions are good and helpful, um, there are also times um, when our emotions are inappropriate 
and they lead us away from the righteousness that God desires for us. So there is a danger in our emotions, just like there is in our thinking, right? Last week, one of the key phrases from Pastor Mike's sermon was, you don't have to believe everything you think. In other words, just because a thought pops into your head, that doesn't mean that it is a good and true thought. Um, Some of your thoughts are to be rejected as false and unhealthy ways of thinking. And we need God to help us to renew our minds. And, And this week, one of the key phrases we want you to remember is, you don't have to accept everything that you feel. Just because you feel it does not make it true. Right? And, and I want to give a little, uh, a little side note here. Um, these two statements and, uh, and the wording of them, and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about in this series is coming from Pastor Rick Warren and uh, the curriculum that we're using in this transformed thing. And, uh, of course, Mike and I are writing our own sermons, and we're presenting it in our own way to our own church here, but want to make sure we're giving proper credit that uh, we are taking things like, like these two statements uh, from Pastor Rick. So, um, so anyway, you don't have to accept everything that you feel. And, and that leads us into the second main point today. The first one was our emotions are a good part of how God created us in His own image. And the second big idea... God can help us to manage our emotions to prevent them from having an unhealthy influence in our lives. Healthy emotions need to be managed. We need God's help so that we will experience the various emotions that God has given us at the appropriate times and in the appropriate ways. Um, So, Here are four reasons that Pastor Rick pointed out of why you need to manage your emotions. So the first one is because our feelings are often unreliable. Next, because our emotions are too easily manipulated. Because God, not our emotions, is supposed to rule in our lives. And lastly, because we want to be successful in life. So we're going to talk about each one of those now. First one, our feelings are often unreliable. See, many times that kind of gut reaction feeling that we have is not a good guide for life. Our feelings can often lead us in the wrong direction. You might feel worthless or weak or hopeless, or you might feel like you've got it all under control and you don't need anybody to help you. Um, But many times, those feelings are dead wrong. And they can lead you to make some pretty bad decisions. Also, our our emotions are too easily manipulated. Other people around us, uh, or even Satan and the demons, can use your emotions to manipulate you. And to the extent that you've not learned to manage your emotions you are susceptible to these kinds of things. And the Bible warns us about this in the book of Proverbs where it says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. 
You see, with, without self-control to manage your emotions, you're vulnerable. Your, your defenses are broken down, and we can be easily manipulated. The third reason we need to manage our emotions is that God should be the one who leads and rules in our lives. And if our emotions are in charge, then God is not in charge. See, as we've said, emotions are good, and they have a place in our lives, but their place is not to be in control. God should be in control of our lives. So what do we mean when we say God should be in control of our lives? Well, it means when you encounter a situation and you know what God's will is for you in that situation, you know what, what God wants from you, but you've, it just feels like you should do something else. Your emotions are saying, I, uh, the, we need to do this other thing instead. Well, now you have a choice, right? Are you going to let God rule your life, or are you going to let your emotions rule your life? And when there is that kind of a conflict between what you know God wants from you and what you, the direction your emotions are leading you into, you need to follow God's will for your life. That's what it means for God to rule in your life rather than your emotions to rule in your life. So we need to learn to manage our emotions. The fourth reason that we need to manage our emotions is because we want to be successful in life, in successful in, in all the various uh, goals and, and, and things that we have for ourselves. Um, and if you want to be successful, you, you, you need to manage your emotions. See, most of us are familiar with the concept of IQ, right, intelligence quotient, which is supposed to measure our, uh, our intellectual intelligence. And, uh, but there's also the concept of EQ, your emotional quotient, which measures your emotional intelligence. So EQ measures how aware we are of our own emotions, how well we can process and manage our emotions, how well um, we can relate to uh, the emotions that other people have and empathize, empathize with them, and how well we can use this all to communicate well and to reduce stress and to defuse conflict. All that is measured by your uh, emotional intelligence, your EQ. And while both IQ and EQ are factors in our success, um, your EQ is much more important than your IQ in order for you to accomplish your goals in life and have that abundant life that God wants for you. So if you want to have a great life, you need to learn to manage your emotions. You need to learn to have a high emotional intelligence. And God wants to help you with this, right? God wants to transform you in your emotional health. So in this last part of the message today, we're, we're going to uh, talk about some very basic principles for how we manage our emotions. So I, I, I do want to be clear here, though, that what we're talking about are not steps to suppress your emotions, um, we're not talking about uh, manage. We are, or what we are talking about is how to manage your emotions in a healthy way, um, not just how to stuff them down. Um, so when we start to hear that our, our our emotions, or we start to to sense or feel that our emotions are are starting to overflow their banks and not keeping in their their proper uh, track, and we're we're starting to be flooded with emotion, the first thing we need to do is we need to name 
the feeling. We have to figure out what it is. What's, what's happening in my life? What is this emotion that I'm feeling? So we pause for a moment and do some introspection and try to figure out what am I feeling right now? Um, which sounds easy, right? But, and sometimes it's fairly easy to recognize what it is you're feeling. But there are definitely times when it's not easy to know what it is that we feel. And we're confused by our own emotions. Um, see, most of us are just not very good at recognizing what we're feeling. And it takes some practice and maybe some education to learn to do this well. But it's important because if we don't even know what it is we're feeling... We will, it's going to be very difficult to manage those emotions in a healthy way. So there's two questions we need to ask that will help us to identify what it is we're feeling. So the first question uh, is, you know, what am I really feeling? <laughs> what am I, what, sometimes the service emotion that you experience is not actually uh, what's going on in your life. Um, Sometimes that service emotion is, uh, is easy to see, but the deeper level emotions that are causing that um, are where the real work needs to be done. So, for instance, we might feel anger on the surface, but beneath that anger, the real cause of that anger is a sense of fear that we have. And there's no use trying to deal with the anger until you've dealt with the fear. Right? So in this case, uh, you know, if, you, if you try to deal with the service emotions without recognizing what is actually causing it, you won't be able to deal with it in a healthy way. So trying to manage your service emotions without recognizing deeper emotions um, is a losing proposition, and you won't be able to do it. So as we try to name the emotions that we're feeling, we need to get below the surface. We need to ask, what am I really feeling? So my surface emotion might be that I'm feeling very excited um, and anxious about something and, you know, eager. But why am I excited? It could be that I'm excited because I have a, a, a deeper emotion, a need for validation, or maybe a fear of rejection, and I think that the thing that I'm excited about is going to solve that, that need that I have. And it could be fine. It could be fine to do that, but it could also be that your excitement and ultimately, your fear of rejection or whatever it is uh, below there is, is leading you to choose sin. So in order to manage our emotions, we need to recognize them. We need to get below the surface. What am I really feeling here? And then the second question we need to ask is, what has triggered this feeling? What situation that I am experiencing is causing me to feel this particular fear or anger or whatever it is that you're experiencing. What, and that, that could be something, uh, a current experience, something you saw, something someone said to you, or, um, or things like that. And, and that might be bringing up something from your past. And your emotional reaction can be much, uh, you know, out of step and too strong for the small thing that just happened. But that's because you're not really reacting to what just happened. That was a trigger, but what is really happening is that you're reacting to something much bigger from your past. And knowing what triggered an emotion is often helpful in recognizing uh, what it is that we're really feeling and where we really need to seek to manage our emotions. So that's step one. 
Sometimes it's not too hard, sometimes it's very difficult, but step one is to figure out what it is that we're really feeling and name that emotional experience. Step two, we need to challenge that emotion. Just because you feel something does not mean that that feeling is good, right, appropriate, or true. doesn't mean that it's a godly response to the situation. Once we recognize what we are feeling, we need to question whether it is actually a good response. And sometimes we need help with that, <laughs> right? We need to talk to somebody about our feelings. Um, and it could be you can, you can just talk to a friend about it, um, but sometimes it's better to talk to uh, uh, someone who's playing more of the role of a counselor about it, because often it can be... Uh, very helpful to say, hey, this is what I'm feeling, and I'm not sure whether this is an appropriate response, whether this is a good response, but this is the way I feel. What do you think? Do you think it's, a, it, it's, it's good or appropriate for me to feel this way? Um, a lot of time when we talk to somebody about that, uh, you know, sometimes we're not really looking for help in challenging what we feel. We're just looking for someone to validate what we're feeling and confirm that what we're feeling is right. You know, and maybe they will validate and confirm our feelings, but then, but maybe not. But the helpful part is this should be part of the process of you challenging your own feelings. You recognize your feeling and then you challenge it, not just I recognize it and now I want to, someone else to confirm that it's good. Um, the helpful thing is to talk someone and to get help as we are in the process of challenging our emotions. And that's why it can be pretty hard for a friend to play that role, because we're asking them to tell us we're wrong, <laughs> in, the, in the case that we are wrong. And, and someone who's playing the role of a counselor is often better at this than someone who's just playing the role of a friend. But if you have a good friend that you think this will work with, give them permission to challenge you. Tell them, I want to know if I'm wrong in this. And, uh, and give them that permission. And, and that can be a really good help in managing our emotions if we have someone in our life who is, who is free to help us to challenge our emotions without us getting angry and defensive at them if they say, yeah, I, don't think, I think you're overreacting. So if you don't have somebody like that in your life, uh, you need to find somebody. And it might be you need to, to go see a professional counselor. And then the, the last step in managing your emotions is to either change or channel what it is that you're feeling. Right? So in some cases, you will recognize that uh, what you are really feeling and, and have challenged that emotion and determined that this is not an appropriate response to the situation. Well, that, now you need to change that, uh, that emotion. You need to change the way you feel. Um, but that's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to change the way that you feel. Our emotions are very powerful and can be very difficult to change. And that's why we talk about working on managing your emotions. If you, but if you've really determined that this emotion is not in line with reality, that it's not true that it is hurting you, then you need to work on changing that emotion. And if this is an emotion that's rooted in, in powerful experiences from your past, you're most likely going to need some help 
changing that emotional reaction. Uh, one of the ways to do that, we have a program uh, that we offer periodically here at Clearwater Church called the Healing Journey. Healing Journey is a, a group that meets for several months together on a weekly basis. We have trained uh, people who, who lead us through that, and it helps people learn to deal with the emotions and heal the damage from things that have happened to them in their past. But it isn't an easy thing. It's a journey to learn to deal with that. But it is possible to change your emotional reactions to things and to learn to manage your emotions and to find healing. The other option, once you've identified and challenged an emotional reaction, is to channel that emotion into productive energy. Our emotions can be used to motivate us to accomplish good things. Even, even hard emotions, even the pain that we feel, can be the thing that gets you moving and working to help other people who are maybe experiencing similar pain or to prevent that kind of pain in the lives of others. Your hurts can be the catalyst for your greatest service to others. God can help you to channel your, channel your emotions into uh, ministering to others. Uh, Pastor Rick uh, tells the story of uh, what happened to him and his uh, family. In 2013, his youngest son, Matthew, committed suicide. And uh, Rick and, and his wife, Kay, uh, took the, the hurt that they felt at that and the emotions and the and the struggles that they had, the grief that they felt, and they channeled that into um, helping others who were dealing with similar things to their son, Matthew. He had struggled with mental health for much of his life, and so they started a foundation to uh, deal with mental health. And so you can go now on kwarren.com. Uh, Kay is uh, Pastor Rick's wife's name. kwarren.com or Hope for Mental Health. Dot com. Both are websites that they've set up with that have resources to help uh, people either to with their own mental health or to help people help others with their mental health. But they have taken that emotion and they have not changed it. They haven't said, we shouldn't be feeling grief. They've said, no, we do feel grief, but we are going to channel that grief into ministry and we are going to use it to do good things. So lastly, here are two, uh, two things we can do, two things that the Bible teaches us about helping us to manage our emotions better, because we have said that God wants to help us to manage our emotions. So the first thing is, we need to just go to God and pray and ask Him to be at work in our lives and help our emotional health. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us and lead us into emotional health. And here's what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. It says in Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice how many of these are related to our emotions, right? The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives will uh, work to create healthy emotions in our lives. He will produce these good, healthy emotions and a good, 
healthy management of our emotions. So we need to ask Him to help you replace those emotions that you have challenged and rejected with healthier alternative emotions that are described here. And then that same passage in Galatians goes on to say this. It says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The passions and desires of the, of the flesh, of the sinful nature, have been crucified with Christ. So if, uh, you know, remember the memory verse from a couple of weeks ago, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And that includes doing away with our old sinful emotional responses to things and replacing them with new spirit-led emotional responses. So since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit of God. And the first part of doing that is to pray for God for help, uh, to express our desire for the Spirit to produce this fruit in our lives. And the second part is to fill our minds with the Word of God. Be in the Scriptures. Read your Bible. Come and hear sermons here at church. Sing the, the words of God in our worship. Um, memorize God's Word. Uh, you know, do those uh, Scripture memory challenges. Or um, another good idea for memorization and for being in the Word, especially if you're thinking about your emotions and things, if you have the Bible app on your phone, um, you can just search in there for emotions, and it'll bring up a whole list of Bible reading plans that specifically deal with these issues. Um, so, uh, you know, read those, those things to help you deal with, with your emotions. Um, fill your heart and your mind with the Word of God. Because the more God's Word is in you, the more you will find yourselves reacting with healthy, godly emotions. So, what is your next step with God toward emotional health. Do you need to focus on the three steps of name it, challenge it, and change or channel it? Do you need to pray to God for help in this area? Do you need to fill your mind with God's Word? What is your next step? I encourage you to decide right now, what is it you're going to do to uh, work with God toward greater emotional health? Now, part of, uh, part of this, uh, this series we're doing here with The Transformed is making goals. So each of the seven weeks, uh, there's a place in the book to write in your goal. If you don't have the book, that's okay, write a goal anyway. Um, but we are to be setting goals that... What are we going to do over the next three months um, in each of these seven areas that we're covering in this series? So write your goal. Um, if you've got a goal already for this emotional health portion, write it down. Otherwise, you've got, you know, there's uh, daily devotions you can read through the rest of the week. If you're in the small group, you can do the small group stuff, then write a goal. But by the end of the week, by a week from today, you should have a goal written down of what you're going to do to help in your emotional health. So what is your next step? Um, what is your achievable goal in this area?
Let's pray together now. Our Heavenly Father, we do want to be filled with your Spirit. We want to be led by Him throughout our lives. We want Him producing His fruit in us, including strong, healthy emotions. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the wisdom and give us the, the strength to uh, work with you to transform ourselves into the people that you want us to be. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.